Hello, everyone, and welcome to I Don't Know About That, silent podcast coverage of U.S. Survivor. I am your host, Gia Worthy, and today we'll be discussing episode 10 of Survivor 44, Full Tilt Boogie. Now, joining me today is a fellow icon, as I would like to say, a perfect guest for an episode all about mothers. Like, she is just <laughs> out there mothering, you know, not a not a cat. She is just out there mothering for the world, and we love that for her. She is a fellow quick fire queen, a survivor New York producer, and an overall icon. It is the one and only Naomi Calhoun. Well, hello. I'm so happy. Uh, I will be your mother goose, and I will read you bedtime stories. Uh, I'm so excited to be here talking about a season of Survivor I have not really talked about a lot, so this is going to be great. This has been, uh, this is very exciting. I'm very happy that we get to have you on. A couple weeks ago, we had Nicole as well, which was also very fun. So this is just going to be a great time. And Naomi, we have not really talked a lot about this season together. So I just want to know, what do you think of Survivor 44 as a whole so far? I am so up and down about the new era of Survivor and also this season. Um, A lot of my friends have been texting me and uh, I just like, we're really cooking with gas now, right? We're really actually getting interesting episodes of Survivor. And it's because all of the facades have, have dropped. There's no idols locked in a cage somewhere there's no sending you to an island to basically burn more calories than you're literally getting zero calories and they're like go climb a hill and finally i think we're in this era where people are are playing and they're actually playing interesting survivor and making interesting moves whether they're good or bad danny voting out franny he just played an idol on we'll talk about it um but finally survivor is survivor again and that's a pity because I would say if Survivor is only Survivor for a half a season, then, girl, it's not Survivor. Yes. I I agree. I am a little sad that we have had – we're finally getting to a part of the game where the twists aren't the headliner of the episode. And it should not be when we are down to – I think we're at final seven now That with Franny gone. And I'm also just very devastated about Franny leaving. I was a bit of a Franny Stanny. And now she is on the jury with her boo. And I'm just like very upset about it. We're all Franny fiends here. I love Franny. Did you, okay, in your Survivor Diversity campaign, do you know, is Franny Jewish? Or is she just one of those boys that looks super Jewish? I actually do not know. Um... I meant to do the research and I just have had no time. (laughs) I'm sure there's someone out there with that information either way, but admittedly that is not my area of expertise, (laughs) but I, I don't know. I remember the, I remember the exact moment where Twitter collectively lost their shit when they found out Tiffany was Jewish because she spoke Hebrew on an an episode of survivor 41. And since then I have just like, it is definitely something that should be on my radar more. And I just don't really 
have a way of looking all of that up, honestly. No, that's like one of the most difficult, I think, sort of things to figure, you know, religion, I think, is unless it's sort of openly discussed in the show, like Omer talking about it, it rarely yeah. gets brought up. But actually, a fun fact is that a Jewish woman is never one survivor. Um, and Lindsay came really close on 42. Now, it's not like the end of the world, right? But it is something where I'm always compelled by the Jewish characters we get in in Survivor. Um, mm-hmm. People like Evie and Tiffany, I think, are so fun. Claire, you know, gone too soon. Um, and it's just like another one of those things where you're like, Franny looks so Jewish, but I don't think she is. But like, her name's Franny. You know, it's like, it's just how can, <laughs> what's going on? It's- so I'm devastated to lose her. It's definitely possible. I am very sad that we lost Franny, but I also did not know that a Jewish woman has never won Survivor. I have, I guess that's just not something that I've really thought about too much. But then also, like, if you had asked me, has a Jewish woman won? My presumption would have been like, oh, probably, like, probably someone that we had. But that is, that is surprising to me. And yeah, we are over for a Jewish woman winner. We just we love women winners in general. Like let's right. be clear. There's, but I'll we never would, complain like, of a woman winning. Yes. You know, it's interesting because there's there's been uh several male winners. There's Adam, there's Ethan, there's someone else that I'm forgetting. Um so so that like that's covered. Like a Jew is one survivor, sure. We're you know, like, and we, I you feel like um big time being like, he can't eat the hair or it's like a Jew one survivor, we did it. But <laughs> it's I think it's very interesting just, you know, the breakdowns of women who have one survivor and how just I if there's one thing I like about the new era, I feel like seeing people like Erica and Marianne win, you're just like, okay, like this this game can be won by people who I think were really getting shafted in the sort of mid thirties. Yeah. Um, uh, but also I hate, I call it Jeff Probst fantasy factory now. Like I'm sick of him. I can't. Um, <sighs> and the fact that so many uh, people are leaving so early, especially women are leaving so early, I think just kind of cements to me that like, you know, everyone was hyping the season up and then it was like, Oh, Helen's gone. Oh, Claire's gone. Oh, Sarah's got like, and I was just like, "What the fuck am I watching, Maddie?" I, that's the shame. Say no, it is Sarah. I'm like, I can't even. Well, Maddie also, I can't even remember half their names because I'm just like, there's so many people who we never got a second to really identify with or connect to, and then they were voted off. Yeah, a- and whatever, it's fine. Yam Yam and Carolyn exist. It's fine. This season's <laughs> great. I love it. <laughs> I am really liking the cast that we're getting. Overall, I feel like I really enjoyed the cast of all of the new season eras, like 41 onwards. I actually do like a majority of the people that we have got in these casts. However, it is really sad that we are finally getting diverse casts, like more significantly more diverse than what we have had in the past and they're being overshadowed by just like what you're saying Jeff Probst fantasy factory at this point like where we aren't getting to know the players that we fought so hard to see on the show because not even just that they're coming up with new ideas like I get it it's Survivor's been on for a very long time they want to keep it fresh they want to come up with some new ideas but it's the fact that they do not listen to why certain things do not work yeah 
you know, I, <laughs> I don't listen to On Fire with Jeff Probst. I but do I've not heard either. That I love, I think Colin Stone tweeted that, like, this co-host is, like, pitching totally, uh, n- like, believable fixes that the fans have been screaming about for years. And Jeff Probst is like, wow, I've never heard of that before. And you're like, I don't, I hate this man. Like, I, I hate him at this point. I'm sick of him. He, like, he has forgotten. And you know what? Somebody had this great tweet. I think Bitter Jurors had tweeted it and, and like it came from somewhere else that Jeff Probst thinks the most interesting parts of Survivor are the challenges in Tribal Council because that's where he is present for. Yeah. And you're like, holy shit. That cracks the case wide open. Like, if Jeff Probst was like behind a camera watching the strategy unfold, he would understand why it's so impressive and important yeah. and the most important part of Survivor. Um but maybe we should maybe I should stop fetching about Survivor and we should actually get into what happened this episode. <laughs> I mean, I I am always down to bitch about Survivor whenever. And just like Survivor as a whole. I'm guessing by your earlier comment that you are uh hoping for a Tika win now that Franny is gone, a Carolyn or Jam Jam. Yeah, I think that Franny, Carolyn, and Jam Jam were the the people that I was most rooting for um not to say that i don't dislike uh a lot of the other players i think they're interesting i like i've always liked jamie lynn um i have been confused by heidi but also curious at all times i think lauren is really cool um but i just think that like franny was really interesting even if she didn't actually really play that great a game as she's even said herself uh but i mean carolyn is is simply like Carolyn is just like whipping ass like no other player I've seen. Yes. Um, and it's hard not to root for her, right? You know, like I, when have when is the last time I think we have been rooting for a character this hard um from like start to finish, you know? Yeah. Uh I mean, I would say probably Marianne, but I think her yeah. edit went more from a com- at some point in the season survivor 42 her edit went more from a comedic character also someone kind of like scram scrambling from the bottom for a part of it when she was left out of the large alliance at merge and she almost went home over mariah in the second episode and then it like slowly transitioned into a strategic force in the game and like an actual contender to win whereas carolyn has always stuck out as a contender for the win even when we were in the very early stages of the game and it looks like there was still a possibility of carolyn going home there was always that element in there that i felt like stuck out to say okay this is definitely someone that could win the game. Yeah, I think Marianne is a good comparison in a lot of ways. Um, and then it's like, who else is who else is comparable? You know, like what other winner did we watch and say from the start? Like, well, I say this as if Carolyn has already won. We don't know this for sure. Yeah. And I'm not an edgic person, so I'm not even being like, well, according to the fucking graph. Um, but it's, would, it's a go I ahead. Mean, Maybe like a Jeremy type. I feel like that's probably one of the more universally loved winners. Um, I guess depending on how you feel about Tony, winners at war. But Ugh. yeah, exactly. I I am not a winners at war stan for those listening. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it's like, 
It, it is. Uh, what a fast, like, it's such a fascinating sort of underdog scenario that I think we really rarely see yes. on the show where it's both the loudest person in the room, the loudest character, and also they're sort of fumbling around and not always, either they're, you know, in control, but also things are, crazy things are happening around them or they're potentially getting voted out and then they're really rebounding. Mm-hmm. And this is going to sound crazy. But I think this is also what happened with Gabler a little bit. And not yeah. that Gabler, like, had a completely sound strategy, but, like, he was a weirdo. He was like, vote me out! I'm gonna play my shot in the dark! I don't care! And then he, like, won the game, you know? That's, like, a crazy rebound. He was, he was doing it for Monica during the fucking challenges, and, like, he mm-hmm. won. It, what, a, what a weird era of Survivor I think we're in, you know? It feels wild. I would say that overall, the winners that we have gotten in this new era of Survivor have been very different from the Survivor winners that we have expected in previous episodes so or previous seasons. This is definitely a new way of looking at the game and really sniffing out who is actually a winner contender here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really hard. I could see a case being made for any of the players being left winning in some way, depending how the rest of the game shapes out for them. Cause we still have um, several rounds left before the finale. I think we have at least, what are we at now? We're at seven now. So we'll have two more before the finale. Yeah, they've been doing five-person finales, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank God. But uh, Yeah, I'm kind of like, I don't know. I, I wish they had more of a standard finale in like, I mean, I am a Rites of Passage, uh, you know, Fallen Comrade Stanny. So <laughs> I personally love Rites of Passage. But I would also say just like uh, – you know, like just focusing more on like the end game strategy, putting more focus on how the players are going to navigate these rounds, depending on how each person winning immunity could play out. And, you know, we just don't we don't get that anymore. You know, we just we don't understand it. You're you're very right. And I also think that the the problem with modern survivor in some ways and, and what I think we saw this episode with Franny, right, yeah. is somebody becomes a threat seemingly out of nowhere like sometimes there are people who you understand why they're getting booted out right like ellie you saw all of that conflict on the yellow tribe whatever they were called respectfully i don't remember uh and they they have all this conflict and then they get to the merge and the conflict comes to a head and gabler wins his way and, and ellie goes home and that's a totally valid reason for voting somebody out And I feel like in this moment in time where it's like, okay, Franny's a challenge beast. But really, who cares about challenges? Like, respectfully, who cares about challenges? The only person I'm worried about winning immunity, because, like, when when people go on immunity runs, I feel like very rarely are women rewarded with the idea of being an immunity run person and winning the game. Um, I'd love to see, like, the math on that but you know if danny wins four immunity challenges gets to the end and like you know everyone's gonna jump up and down and call him the the greatest survivor player that ever lived but if like franny won four immunity challenges and got to the end or heidi someone like that would they be as rewarded for you know essentially comping their way to the end yeah i got you know i'm gonna dm survivor fact checker (laughs) 
Rob's fact checker. I think that that is a great idea. Um, Survivor fact checker will know when in doubt. But also, you know, this episode was fairly interesting in some of the things that happened here, starting with something that I did not know, which was that Franny was left out of the Kane vote, apparently. Oh. Yeah. I didn't catch that. (laughs) She mentioned that at the very beginning of the episode. Now, I was in Boston at the Bryson Rundle watch party for this part, so I was not privy to mm. all of this information, but Franny was left out of the King vote, which is kind of the first, which makes sense because she voted for Jamie last round. But um, this was a bit of a surprise and probably the first sign that things were not going well for Franny. And um, Jamie was also left out of the Kane vote because she was allied with Kane. But also, now Kane has left the game with her idol, which is not actually an idol. Not but real. But Jamie Lynn doesn't, doesn't know that. Yes. No, she does not. And, and I mean, we'll, we'll explore it uh, this episode, certainly. But I think it's such a funny instance of, like, keep it to yourself. You know, like, well... But, Jamie Lynn, shh, don't tell everyone. You know, shh, keep it to yourself. Keep secrets. And, uh, I mean, like, it was hard because, uh, like, this was kind of left out of Jamie Lynn's hands because, obviously, she found an idol that was never a real idol, and Matthew knows it, but then Matthew told everybody about this idol, and... Then in the middle of all of this, like Matthew leaves the game because of this medical situation. And now there's no one to really clarify what any of the truth is because the only person that actually knows the truth has left. I feel like sometimes Survivor does not think about something like this happening. Yeah. And this is why I, I mean, I'm firmly in the camp of I hate fake idols when they're provided by production um, for this exact reason is like, because it just insinuates that like people are going to look stupid the whole season. And can you imagine going on survivor and looking stupid for the whole season, just because somebody gave you a fake item? I would be pissed. I would be very pissed. And it's just like the fact that they gave them fake idols. That's the thing. The fact that they were given fake idols to use in the game specifically to treat, to trick other players is just the worst thing. Like I, I can't, I do not like it. Well, so knowing the outcome of this episode of Franny going home, Mm -hmm. do you think voting out Kane was a good move? Honestly, no. Well, like, okay. So the whole vote. Okay, let's look, walk with me here. So, like, honestly, Fran- that I don't think Kane going was really good for anyone that wasn't Tika because, and like, honestly, even that's yeah. questionable because as viewers, what we are watching right now, Kane is not really a threat to win the game. It does not have any particular moves in that we have seen so far that have been showing that like okay 
we should be worried about Kane moving forward. But whatever happens, somewhere along there, they decided that Kane was the person that should have gone. Honestly, Franny needed better allies than the ones that she had, particularly yep. with the Soka people that she had left. Obviously, she couldn't do anything about how Matt left the game. But, like, I think as soon as Heidi screwed up the control your vote advantage, Franny needed to jump ship some way, somehow here because, like, Danny and Heidi were not doing it for her. They are not, like, effective allies to have. They honestly don't, even to each other, don't talk to each other particularly well. And I just don't, I I don't know why this would be the people that you decide to work with long term just because you are on the same starting tribe together. I think she really should have tried to work with Ratu here. Well, you know, I think this actually, what you just said goes back to a larger interesting point. Mm-hmm. because we see people consistently eliminating women early due to challenge strength mm-hmm. saying we need to vote out Claire because she's sitting out all the time. Yes. But Franny had a very deep connection to Claire and had a very good relationship with Claire. Yes. Do you think if Heidi and Claire swapped spots that Claire would have fucked up that advantage and, and gotten Matt voted out? No, she wouldn't have. I, I maintain. And, and, you know, Xander, Evie, and Tiffany may have lost all those fucking challenges, but goddamn, if they didn't have an alliance that actually, like, worked together and were trying to make it through together. You know what I mean? Like, But, like, were they, though? Because the times that Xander could have saved Evie and or Tiffany did not work out well for him. No, it didn't. And you know what? No. Xander is Xander. But, yes. like, at the same time, I think Tiffany and Evie had a very strong connection yeah um i feel like evie got a little screwed because it wasn't a 5-5 vote that sent them home it was yeah it was the uh when they were at final 10 they did the split tribe thing and everything i hate that i'm glad we haven't seen that this season or we did never mind fuck this show oh wait no we did but it was even worse so yeah it was even worse never mind i you know what i blacked out uh during that episode so pardon me no but i i think that it's really crazy um to prioritize challenge not even crazy but this is why my theory is that i think that franny and other people should have prioritized their relationships over challenge strength because when you look down the road like what has happened like yeah you have a total loose cannon um in danny and heidi you don't know what they're fucking doing and they're gonna vote out franny um, who has had no strategic power this entire game. Franny comes up with a good idea, which is we should take out Purple because they're very clearly playing in the middle. And instead of doing any of that, they vote out each other and they pick off each other's numbers. And now Purple is like even stronger and in more control. Um, anyways, this is like my crackpot theory that like when you go on Survivor, like it doesn't fucking matter if you're losing challenges. Just like be insulated, like Honestly, have a relationship. I have been saying that tribes need to keep the tribe weak for so long. And that is the type of mentality I want to see going into the game because I don't give a fuck about challenge strength. I care about whether you are entertaining on TV. So that is what I I would personally like to see. And we never get to see that. And that's super annoying. But I do agree that like Franny, Franny needed to at some point now – 
during the Brandon blindside, obviously this was difficult because Franny was uh, saved by Danny's idol and jump and was saved from the vote that happened, sending uh, Brandon home with the idol play. But I would say like moving forward, it just became very clear from what we were seeing that like Danny and Heidi are not like ideal allies to have. No. And like, I, I think that if, who cares that Danny played a night on you? You need to jump ship. You understand what is happening with Tika playing the middle. And if Danny is not going to listen to you, then you should find other people to align with at this point, because this is not the person that you can trust long-term. Yeah. This is like very sunk cost fallacy. Um, and we'll get into like, what I think Franny was trying to do with her reward win. Um, but I think Franny yeah. had just sunk so much into Danny and Heidi and then was like in this moment basically being like, oh shit, they suck. And then it was like, boom, you're gone. Yep. Yep. Yes. And then let us talk about the reward because we got a reward challenge this episode. And um, it's that one where they like spin. I actually do like this challenge. They spin on a metal plate to unravel a buoy and then use that buoy to like make it to the end of a finish line. And then they throw the like, I think they're like bean bags or something or balls at the like very top of this platform. And the first person to do that twice wins the reward which ends up being mexican food margaritas and letters from home why does jeff probes always say the sanctuary i i i honestly don't care about the survivor sanctuary i just want there i there needs to be more rewards more reward challenges more opportunities for people to screw each other over and more opportunities for people to get drunk on the island and we did not get enough of that. We do not get enough of that in the new era. And I wish that was a tradition that we continued because it's my favorite. I, uh, I just feel like just saying we're going to give you a roof over your head. Enjoy. And yes. like, we'd be fine. Yes. But it's no, that would be too, too, uh, to the point. <laughs> I guess I would say this is the same. Roof over your head and letters from home. Yes. Yeah. And you are getting letters from home. You are getting margaritas, non-alcoholic margaritas for Carson and Carolyn. And uh, what else did they get? Oh, yeah, like tacos and stuff. So I just not a bad reward. I would be drunk in like two seconds because I'm assuming they're still starving out there. But it's fine. Yeah. I. <laughs> My boyfriend the other day said to me, he was like, uh, like, have you ever had a Bloomin' Onion? And I was like, do you want to have a Survivor Outback reward with me? Like, <laughs> why, why are you talking about a Bloomin' Onion? Uh, but I I kind of miss the era of branded rewards. I think they're so funny. Like, the Carissa yes. Applebee's is iconic to me. And I feel like I wish we could go back there, you know? Have yeah, a bowl. I do. Oh, my God, yes. Like, just... I, the more campy the rewards are, the more I love them. Like, remember when rewards were just Snickers bars? Like, those are hilarious to me. And, like, some of the rewards that they do are just, like, make no sense. But they're always very funny. And the best part of the reward is the person picking who they go on the reward with or who's coming with them on the reward. Now, 
I have several questions. So Franny, our challenge beast, Queen Franny, has won this reward challenge. And she gets to pick three other people to bring with her on this reward. And she ends up going with Carolyn, Lauren, and Heidi. And they are, uh, I think part of it was because they are all moms and they all are waiting for letters for their children. But, like, obviously, as my tweet said, this reward is three mothers before mothers. For, like, Franny is mothering this episode, as she always is. It's like that birthday boy skits that, like, anything can be a family. Eleven dads, that's a family. Four mothers, that's a family. That That's what is, I felt. They're my family. They raised me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I I love them all. This was, I was at the Bryson Wendell party this episode and just the energy in the room when Franny kept picking all of these women to join her on rewards was, the energy was palpable. It was amazing in there. Yeah. I... I really love like this reward because I think th- something that we're really robbed of now is is Carolyn and Franny's relationship that seems to be really growing and evolving. Yes. Um, and I feel like rewards and especially getting to see people from home, like there were so many fun rewards in Australian Survivor this season, like the cookies, but also yes. you know I like when they give them their little photos and they can be like, "So this is my dad," and uh, I love it. <laughs> like. And so I really liked when Carolyn was like, wow, my son has never written me a, like a look at him. It, I thought that was so cute. I enjoyed the happy narwhal. Yes. It was fantastic. <laughs> it was so cute. And we get so we get to see them all open their letters from home. Everyone is talking about their kids except Franny because she doesn't have kids. And like Slay Girl, we love it. And I'm sure their kids are fine. And we got to see more from Lawrence. uh, life back home with her two sons and all of the things that she has gone through and persevered and all the accomplishments or compliments accomplishments that she has had over the years as well so it was great that we're finally getting some more lauren content because i love lauren so much i do too and you know I think that Lauren has been getting the short end of the stick lately right like yes. narratively, we just have not seen a lot from her and in my opinion, I think Lauren is is Lauren and Jamie Lynn actually are some of the unsung characters because we would get snippets of them and you'd be like, oh, that seems like a really fun person. I'd love to know more about them. And they're like, okay, well, yeah. uh, Kane's going to throw a sword around for like five minutes. Do you want to look at that? And you're like, oh, respectfully, no, I don't give a shit. Like, show me more <laughs> Jamie Lynn or Lauren, please. And to see Lauren, although it's funny, because she's a teacher, I keep forgetting that when she says her kids, that she actually means that she has kids, and not that she's, like, talking about her students back home. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I'm and i always like, oh, yeah, she's a mom, too. Like, it, it kind of, because I think she, she just looks so youthful. In my head, I'm like, Lauren's yeah, too young to be does, a mom. She does look really, and she has two kids. I think she's in her early 30s. She is. I've, You've got this lovely graphic on uh um, oh yeah, yeah, my notes. I have not read like the actual content in there in some time, like the the cast and everything. But let's see. Yeah, Lauren's thirty one at the time she is playing, I believe. But yeah, so she's like, she looks great. Her hair has been amazing in all of these yeah. episodes. It's like it's awe inspiring, honestly. <laughs> and Lauren, please drop the Fiji hair routine because the. <laughs> Inquiring minds want to know. 
But the big takeaway from this reward is Heidi asserting that she is not tied to Danny and they contemplate this idea of a Danny blindside. And when this happened, I immediately think, oh, Danny's going to win immunity, isn't he? Like, this is like, it's too early in the episode for us to be discussing this at this point. But it does open the fact that, like, okay, we're finally throwing around some ideas that hadn't happened previously. Finally. Uh, but also, like, I, this is kind of my hot take. I think that uh, Franny should have taken Danny on the reward. Um, really? I mean, probably, but I don't think it would have made a difference here on. Maybe but I feel like Danny was just stirring so much shit up back at camp. Like Yeah. And he's such a an alpha with his ideas and I feel like Heidi wouldn't have done the same thing. Like if you swap those two out and you yeah. send Heidi back to camp and you say, "Well, Danny has a little daughter and he has, you know, blah blah blah." And you throw throw him in there. Yeah. Um that I feel like would have prevented Danny from spreading the name so much, which would yeah. in turn have maybe made it easier for. Um... Now, granted, I think that Carson and Yam Yam had a lot of incentive for keeping Franny's name out there and for getting rid of Franny. So yeah. you never know. But that's kind of my like like butterfly flaps its wings. I think that Franny maybe should have taken Danny. Oh, he's come second in so many challenges. He's come second in so many challenges. Like, just <laughs> put him out there. Yeah, I mean, I understand it. It definitely would have been a possibility. It's something that you could definitely could have tried. Honestly, though, I think, and I don't know why they don't do this more often. Or maybe they do and it just doesn't work out. But I just feel like the last thing you want to do on a reward is take the person that you trust the most. Like, you need someone back at camp to be around for all of the shit talking that's inevitably going to happen. So I feel like there has to be some type of deal that like, and God knows how many rewards they actually had in this season. Probably not very many. We've only seen two, I think, but I I just feel like if as a player, as like a super fan and just see how many people's games have been ruined by making poor choices with their rewards that you need to have a conversation to be like, if you win reward, don't pick me. If I win reward, don't, I won't pick you. Like that needs to be a conversation that needs to be had. And it sounds like this is not anything that Soka has discussed previously. Mm. You got to have those conversations. What else are you talking about out there? Communication. Yeah. Right. Like you guys are there 24 hours a day. seven days a week for like three weeks and then a couple extra days in there so like you guys have the time to talk about this type of things especially like with the pattern of the game being so obvious at this point like you know you're gonna merge after six people are gone so like have these conversations please okay can we talk about Heidi for a second we can talk about Heidi yeah of course we can always talk about Heidi what the fuck is Heidi doing in this season? <laughs> I say that with love. I say that with love. What the fuck is Heidi doing? I'm confused about... I, I'm confused about a couple things that Heidi did. One of which we will talk about later on because, Naomi, I need to ask about this. But I'm not sure. So Heidi has her idol, right? She still has yeah. her idol. Yes. 
So she has it. Good. She hasn't told anyone about it. Good. But, and she has let these, let the players at the reward know that she is not like tied to Danny. Like this is not somebody that she is going to like throw her game away for. But, and like, she obviously doesn't do that here, but like she needs to, there needs to be a turnaround point for Heidi. There needs to be something other than what she has been giving currently because like she has gotten far, but I don't really know what her story is if and when she gets to the end. Uh, I just, I find that her decision-making has been questionable and she's, she's like second in command to Danny but Danny doesn't listen to anybody else, so is she really at all helping him, or is she just skirting by thanks to him existing? Yeah. And then on top of that, we don't see her having any relationships outside of Danny. Seems like everybody everybody was at least willing to think about voting her out, which I think is a bad yes. sign, right? Like at least Carolyn was like, "Oh, I don't want to vote out Franny," and at least the guy, you know, the, the Tika men were like, "Well, there could be repercussions to voting out Franny." But everyone's yeah. like, "Oh, well, we vote out Heidi." I don't know. Nothing fucking happens. You know what I call this? This is what Kane was also too. Uh, respectfully to Kane, respectfully to Heidi, they are uh, easy boots with no consequences. <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good name for this type of player. But yes. In all my years of watching Survivor games get played, you know, what happens is that you're in this herd and you have to pick somebody off and you kind of sit around and you go like, who do I not give a shit about being here? And you look at Kane and you go, oh, I know it's Kane. Or you look at Heidi and you go, I really don't give a shit that Heidi's here. And you think to yourself, if we can all get on the same page and pick this person off, nobody's going to be upset because we all kind of wanted them out of here anyways. Um, I think you see it happen a lot actually on traitors where they sort of are like, okay, who doesn't matter right now? Let's just kill them. Um, And I think on Survivor, like you can actually get away with a lot by being a big character or being like a big personality. Like think about Angelina, just like, and, and you know, at certain points to become like the goat or whatever, but there's lots of people who kind of skirt through by being actually notable versus like being absolutely nothing. Yeah. Um, and I think in many ways, like Heidi and Kane are the people who are left who are like of no real consequence and I think that Franny was somebody of consequence, and we're going to see that affect the next episode, however yeah. that comes to be. Um, but if you had voted out Heidi, I think you wouldn't have pissed off Carolyn, which I think is going to be a huge snowball effect. I really like how you worded that, particularly about like the no consequence portion of it. And we actually saw in the mergatory vote this season that they, you know, Josh was another player with no consequence in that. If he he got voted out, this was a compromise between everybody, and it seemed kind of like this was what was inevitably going to be happen anyway. But Kane was the backup vote if Josh played his idol, right? So right, yeah. So this is a that it shows that like okay, if we couldn't if we couldn't have Plan A, which was our compromise. This is our second compromise because yeah. maybe like. Yeah, it would suck for Ratu if they lost a number so early at this point in the merge phase of the game. But, like, Kane's not their most valuable player of 
the ones that are left in terms of like the end game and things like that. But I agree. I think that there are going to be repercussions for voting out Franny at this point in the game, especially when we still have some rounds left before final four fire making. And I don't know. I, I feel like this is going to be, uh, this is going to have some repercussions, um, and I think that maybe this is probably the best thing that happened to Lauren and Jamie because yep. they'll be able to hopefully make it through another round or two, but we'll see how this turns out for them. I think that I would not put it past Karen to seek her much-needed revenge here. If you If you TK me. Like if you seek Amy, you know that Britney yes. Spears song. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, moving I love on. That song. Uh, <laughs> can I can I read you? I so I asked. I don't. I, I believe you did see this actually. My friend Alex had a viral Survivor tweet this week, um, where he was holding his writer strike sign that said "Make Survivor Thirty Nine Days Again." Yes. Oh yeah, I retweeted it. It was great. Uh, great tweet, Alex Kavutsky. Go. I I retweeted it. You can find it on my Twitter. Um. So I said uh, I'm recording. The Survivor Podcast with Gia later, what should I say? And he said, everyone except Sherilyn needs a needs to 3D print not being boring at home and practice that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> it's pretty good. Pretty good. Um, but is. yeah, we're time notice we haven't talked about Carson a lot so far. Um and <sighs> I mean we can talk about Carson because he's well, this, yeah, let's talk he's, the challenge like, Carson. He's this episode's immunity winner. So yes. it was it started off it was um it's the one where they like squirm across a sand dune like a little worm and uh, their feet and uh wrists are bound for it and then once they reach the end of that they solve a starfish puzzle. Which at first it was Danny that was in the lead with the little the squirmy wormy part. Honestly, this challenge should be called squirmy wormy. That would be so funny. Oh, I but- think this challenge should be called "Please, dear Lord, don't let my boob fall out on national TV." Yeah, that's the other hard part. There is just I feel like there's a lot of disadvantages to having boobs in this challenge. Yeah. You got like no elasticity in your bra anymore because it hasn't been washed in like twenty days. Yeah. You're just- you're exposing yourself right out there. I'm kind of surprised we don't get more like blurry butts in this challenge because I feel like yeah. at some point it's going to be like kind of riding on the pants or pajama bo- or pajamas, bikini bottoms that you have <laughs> or bathing suit bottoms that you have. And I don't know. I just feel like that would be. No, you're so right. We're not getting enough butt yeah. cracks on Survivor. We anymore. are not. We really are. We're. <laughs> The days of Morgan behind are long gone, unfortunately. Bring back the crack. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I'll go on Survivor just to be the person who's like, I've actually always wanted to be nude on a beach. Even though I don't, I explicitly really do not. But if they would just put a whole blur over my body, I'd be fine with it. That's the thing. I think that I wouldn't mind as much on the show, maybe like with the people that are there. But like for the show, I know I'll just, my body will be one blur. Like it'll just be me. Like a blurry body and then my head. <laughs> and I can I can live with that, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, you can like <laughs> just imagine like a hot model bod and like you could yeah. kind of just like picture whatever you like and then just like my head floating above the little blur. Uh I 
somebody's got to go on Survivor wearing one of those like bikini babe shirt, you know, like the white cotton shirts, and then it's oh, got like a bikini the, the, body yes. painted on it. Somebody has to do that. Oh my god! I should. I bet you. I bet you more than anything. I, I'll text her that Lydia Meredith would if if she got <gasps> called back to Survivor, I would tell her to wear that in a heartbeat. She, she would do it. Hundred percent would and. Uh... I think I think we should. I think this is something that needs to happen. I'll let her know. <laughs> yes, please let her Hashtag know. Hashtag BFJA. Oh, yeah. Everyone go support BFJA, please. It's amazing. Just like Lydia. Mm. And, yeah. So, basically, Carson 3D printed this puzzle beforehand, and he won the challenge narrowly beating Franny, I will say. Maybe not narrowly, but, like, Franny was second here. And Bro, Jeff Probe, shut up about Franny being second, though. Like, he's like, Franny's really close. And you're like, shut up, know. shut up. They're going to vote her out. Shut the fuck up, Jeff. That was me the whole time. It was. I, I was very annoyed at this. But I was really hoping that, like, especially when Carson messed up that that piece, that this meant that, like, Franny was going to have a come from behind victory. And that meant that we would have her for at least another episode. But once Carson wins, I kind of had an idea of where this was going to go, which was, of course, they get back. And now Danny is saying they need to get rid of Franny because she has been winning all the challenges. Yes. Um, also, I just want to point out two of my favorite moments of this episode. And and this is – um. I uh, I subscribe to a thing called Episodic Medium, which is like a Substack that's TV reviews. And uh, Miles, the creator, covers Survivor, and it says Yam Yam's little dance at the immunity challenge when he makes up time heading into the puzzle. Carolyn's ongoing war with whoever tied the booty oh into God. those knots. Rem- a reminder that challenge losers can oftentimes provide the best content, especially when Carson's puzzle printing was leading the pack. And I couldn't agree more. When Yam Yam just does like a little boop boop and the music goes with him, incredible. <sighs> It was really good. I forgot about that, about Carolyn struggling there, but it was very funny. That's like Carolyn is is so Penner esque in some ways, where you know she's like fighting oh my- with the challenge. She's like gonna yell at Jeff, and and you're like, this is what we're missing. We're missing like the sassiness back to Probst. Yeah, this that is. Ex- I have been struggling to find players that like had that same energy as Carolyn and like Jonathan Penner is the perfect choice here. Like absolutely perfect. He's got that. She's got that. Uh, what would be the, like a little slightly unhinged energy that like Jonathan Penner gave in his confessionals yeah. as well, where it feels like he's just ranting the whole time, but in such a well put decisive way, like it feels like a rant, but you could tell that yeah. this is like someone that knows how to talk to people and how to explain things to the camera. And uh, oh my God, no, that the light bulb just went off above my head. Like that is it. He, she is Jonathan Petter 2.0, or maybe Jonathan Penner is Carolyn 1.0. I think that I like that. Mm. I like that. May, yeah. Bring them both back. I don't care if Jonathan Penner has played like three times already. He's a player I could see play again. I I miss his energy. I just miss the 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 idea of of questioning the authority of Jeff Probst. You know yes. what I mean? Bring down the man. Jeff Probst is the man, and you got to stick it to the man. You know, King Danny McRae. You Hell don't yeah! Get him like him anymore. Let Danny and Jonathan be captains of a season. Yeah, King Danny is so good on the challenge, and yet the challenge is like absolutely going downhill, and it's not his fault. Um, and even Sarah Lucina is talking sense on the challenge, and you're just like, 
Oh my god! Yeah. Like, thank God I've Survivor heard- doesn't have repeating casts all the time. I have heard much about what is going on over there, and like, thank God for Danny. He has become the saving grace on multiple shows that I have held interest to. But since I'm spoiled on what happens on the challenge, I don't need to watch it, so <laughs> I don't have to give them my time. I did watch the season where Amber won because, like, obviously, I'm gonna watch Ledge. that. Yeah, exactly. An icon, a queen uh, among the peasants. All the peasants. So, yeah, yeah, it's just. I'm sorry. It's just who she is. She would never say it because she's far too nice. So I'll say it for her. Oh yeah. Every time they like are mean to her, I'm like, well, hurt people, hurt people, and Amber's just too nice for you. So yeah, fuck off. Yeah. Um, jealousy okay. isn't pretty. Just saying. Jealousy. Any. It's bitches. not. It's not. Um. Anyway. Okay. So they have this. <laughs> so they have this discussion and. Carson and Jam Jam are on board to get rid of Franny. And they also tell the Ratu uh, duo, Jamie Lynn and Lauren, about this plan, too. And they're kind of like, yep, sounds good, because then it's not either of them. Uh, Carolyn is not down with this plan. And this is where you're talking about with, like, Franny being a player of consequence. Because Carolyn and Franny are getting really close. They are both... Uh, you know, especially I think like some of these other moments that we've seen, like the epi- the moment last episode where Carolyn is talking about her sobriety journey and also uh, Franny taking Carolyn on the reward last step or this episode. Uh, you can start to see it's not the edit that I would like, but you can definitely see moments where it makes sense that they have been growing closer over the past few days um, in the show. And uh Carson and Jam Jam know that, like, this could fracture their relationship with Carolyn here. And uh, speaking of fracturing relationships, um, he Danny brings this idea to Heidi. And then when Heidi asks about, like, how many people are on board, he says, and I quote, we don't need your vote. So, like, it's going to happen no matter what Heidi thinks of this situation, which to me immediately is like not just a red flag but like Heidi girl run do something I beg you I I I was shocked that did not have more repercussions and possibly yes. it will down the line but I was I was just flabbergasted that he would say that and Heidi would be this is again my you know question Heidi what the fuck are you doing girl because like how can you let somebody speak to you that way who is apparently your number one ally number one and you're just gonna say eh, whatever he can speak to me that way i don't give a shit i was shocked i was yeah that was just like kind of wow and then i was hoping this led to something for heidi where like she gets numbers together maybe with the people on reward but i was shooting too close to the sky here, too close to the sun, as I should say, because uh, the only person that seems ready to make any big changes from this plan is Carolyn, and she suggests to Lauren and Jamie Lynn, let's vote out Heidi. And, which I, in retrospect, like, like, this actually, I think, would have been a good plan because it, as you said, Naomi is a player of no consequence and they don't know this, but she has an idol. So all good things would come in the event that Heidi was voted out here, but that is not what happens. Well, also, I think, you know, Danny throwing out her, throwing out Franny's name is like, 
you know, what's the point of playing an idol on somebody, right? Like, what's the point of playing an idol on somebody that you are aligned with if you're willing to lose them that quickly? And that, to me, just screams, like, Danny, you don't know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Um, and also, also just ahead. like as we have been saying before, Danny has come in second in a lot of these challenges. So if you – if Danny is the person saying we need to vote out Franny because she's winning all the challenges, Danny, I don't know what you think is going to happen – when Franny's gone, the target is going to shift to someone else and they can use your same logic against you in that moment. Absolutely. I think Danny had no real reason to vote off uh, to vote off Franny. I think that Carson and Jam Jam did have a good reason to vote yes. off Franny. But I think that if you're asking, like, who is this move the best move for? It's not the two green members. Because the other thing you have to think about is that They've just eliminated two um, former Orange Tribe members, right? Yes. They got rid of – so, you know, it, it's been tit for tat. It's been Matt, then Brandon, and Kane. And Tika is now saying there were three people, three purple members left. And to go again and tit for tat and get rid of one of the three greens, like, you should be picking – frankly, you should be picking up Orange is what you should be doing. Like, yeah. there's already two Orange members on the jury. Um I think that Heidi certainly lost Matthew's vote in some ways by not being able to save her, save him with that move. Um, I think that Danny is somebody who like you can get rid of down the line. He's an easy like person to put the target on to as is Franny. These are like, as we've said, people with no consequence, there are people who it's easy to put the target on to now. There are two different classifications of those people, though. There's people who it's easy to put the target onto, but it's never easy to get the votes onto them. And then there's people who, yes. once you push that ball down the hill, it's going down the hill and they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is, I think it's a mistake for Tika to not eliminate Danny and or just not pick off the Orange Tribe members. Yeah. Because I, I think you could – maybe you could beat Jamie pretty easily in the end, but, like, I think you could beat Heidi really easily in the end. And yeah. I don't think you really need uh, – you don't need to, like, do anything but keep them around. You know, I don't know. Or if you want to go with all three to the end. Like, do you think all the purples are going to want to go to the end together? Anyways, I just don't understand I, this move from a green I do. I think, I think the most compelling story arc-wise would be – purple going to the end together and it doesn't seem like they have other plan we have not heard another plan from them other than tika sticking together um we might hear something different now that carolyn has been uh left out of something so and i do not think that carolyn will be taking this lying down so we might be getting some more information soon but one of the things that I'm very curious about, Naomi, is yes. um, there have been, and this was pointed out to me before this episode aired, and then I saw this and was like, oh my god, like, yes, I'm connecting the dots. I'm like a Charlie Day in that oh, It's Always Sunny meme where he's like, has all the like strings connecting to different papers and he's going all crazy and stuff. Um, but... There have been a lot of uh, edit choices and shots of Carson around fire, most notably the one from this episode where he's standing over the bonfire. It's like a very – it's like sticks with you. It sticks in your head after this. So I just – 
want to know, am I thinking too much into this or is Carson confirmed going into final four fire making? I don't, I would assume that Carson is a losing fire maker. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I, so I, I like Carson just fine, but I feel that like in his story, I'm kind of sitting here being like, okay, Carson, like what's, you know, like let's wrap it up here. We get it. You're like, you're controlling this game or whatever. You 3d printed a million puzzles. Congratulations. Um, and if he does go to fire and loses, I think that's like an easy, well, you know what, actually, I think the most important thing is the story of the three of them, because yes. Carson saved, I think, Carolyn in a lot of ways on Tika. And I think that he and Jam Jam were a very tight duo. And then, you know, he lost, he, he got saved and, and sent away from them. And so it was this moment of like, oh, well, Carson is going to make other connections. And then he comes back to the merge and he sort of saves Yam Yam and Carolyn in a lot of ways. And so if they were to throw him into fire, knowing that he's like the person to beat, get him in there, get him out of here, it would be a very interesting story. I think it would be very compelling, just like Jesse and Cody, and then Jesse uh, getting thrown into fire at the end. Um, And it could really happen. I also think that he looked like a fucking Wes Anderson character while he was staring into that fire. He really did. MF schoolboy. Also, I just want to read I I think that the editors are being so weird. I think they have so many good character moments and instead are doing things like Carson stare into the fire of doom and like uh just getting this decoy vote going around at the last second. I don't know. I'm I feel like we're never getting the comprehensive story anymore. We are not, and that's the unfortunate part. And while it does seem like for a moment there is a possibility of a Heidi blindside here, uh Franny is eventually the one voted out she's heading to jury with her boo matt and uh she is voted out five to one with the votes for heidi oh yeah so franny got five votes it's i forgot to write in everyone that voted for her but it's carson (laughs) jam jam danny lauren and jamie lynn the votes for heidi are carolyn and franny and then heidi voted for danny which i really hope is a petty vote but also because I love petty votes. I love them. But I don't know if there was a completely different story being told or what is the reason for this. But yeah, Heidi voted for Danny. I was gagged. I was a little gagged. I loved know? it. I assumed it was like a, a vote for like, oh, if someone plays an idol, this is what's happening. And Maybe Heidi got, like, wind of maybe, like, Carolyn or Franny throwing a vote onto her, but and that's why she did it. But, like, the fact that she voted Danny out of all of her options is just so funny. Yeah, and you know what? Fuck it. Like, let Dan- you know, let Danny know that you're not on his side, you know? Yeah. I-, I think, like, in-, in my head, you might as well. Because in what world is Danny operating in your best interest? Yeah. He's not. not. He hasn't been since you went on a dinner with him. So, fuck it. Declare that you're against Danny, because, you know, your allies aren't necessarily pro-Danny. You know, Carson and Jam Jam aren't pro-Danny in any way. So, fuck it. I think if there's one person to piss off, like, he's fine. Do him. Yeah, and also, uh, who was it? 
uh, Carolyn has been decidedly anti Danny. So I feel like this is not going to be something that is like of big consequence to her, whether Heidi or Danny go. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the end of this episode. Naomi, is there any other like see? Um, is there any other things that happen here that you want to mention before we get to the end part of the podcast? Um, I just want to say my good friend Jared Laxter sent me a DM, and I totally agree with him about this, is that I don't think that Jeff Probst should ever get to name the episode. I think that... No, yes. Th- There's no reason. Title. Jeff Probst, you are forcing these people to get naked in their underwear on the island, and you're going to give yourself the episode title? Fuck you. Like, yeah. that makes me so annoyed when he does that. Yeah, I don't, I don't get this choice. I did not like the episode title. And yeah, I also think that the players should be the ones naming the title, but that, yeah, that's a good point to end on before we get to our awards of the episode. Are you ready for the awards? I am ready. All right. So there's three awards. The first two we can decide separately. And then the third one we will decide together. So Naomi, what was your favorite confessional of this episode? Oh my gosh. I know. Um, well, you go first. You go first. What was yours? Oh, God. Um, I I got to think about this for a second. Okay. I, <laughs> I have not. Well, I haven't really thought about the confessionals themselves. Maybe, um, you know, I actually liked Franny's during the reward where she was talking about how, like, she picked Carol. She picked the people she picked for the rewards because they're all mothers. But then also talking about how, like, Carolyn has really inspired her in a lot of ways. And um, that kind of plays into Carolyn not wanting to vote Franny out. So I did really like that one. It got, like, a nice little awe out of me when I was watching this. So I did really like it. I really like, you know what? I really like the Lauren backstory we got this episode. Yes. I thought that was, one. I thought that was some great confessional about, you know, her family and about the effort she's gone through as a single mother. Um, yeah. And I like, you know, I like people who want to be on Survivor because it means that they can prove something, not simply yeah. just that they are, um, uh, what's the word? That they're like, oh, I'm a super fan. I'm a nerd. I'm going to win a million dollars. Like, she wants to prove something. Good for her. Yeah, I do like that. That's another really good choice. Now, Naomi, what is the funniest moment of this episode to you? Oh, uh, Carolyn and her son, for sure, I think. <laughs> Carolyn's son. Yeah, that was that was a really good one. Yeah, like, you know, she just has such a love for her son. And, and like, as a person who is... Uh, have a lot of friends go through sobriety and have family members go through sobriety you just know that like you come out the other side uh, a a larger appreciation for life and the people around you and to know that she has the things that she never thought were possible due to sobriety I think um, her confessionals always remain like top tier and elite tier but particularly the idea that um, you can change your life and you can have things that you you thought were once too far out of reach yeah. including a cute just, little son who will send you lovely letters also very true um mine will be and actually we didn't really talk about this but it was one of the funniest parts of the episode is uh jamie told everybody about 
how Kane left the game with her idol because they were worried about knowledge's power. And absolutely no one believes her. Yes. And also, you know what the other part of this that was so funny was, is um, I, I did actually really appreciate Kane, Carson using Kane's elimination to tell a lie about Kane. Yes. Yeah, I thought that was a really good move from Carson in order to, like, weaponize Kane's elimination, which I think you should do more so on Survivor. Like, get rid of people and then tell lies about them. I... Yeah, definitely. And I love this moment. It was one of the funniest parts of the episode. And I can't believe we didn't talk about it more in depth. But I think that's like, that's pretty much open and shut what it was. And I love it. Yes. And to Jamie, like to the credit of like, you know, getting rid of Jamie, like trying to tell this story. This is what I mean is I think Jamie should have just lied. I think Jamie should have just said like, no, I still have an idol because people are going to come for her, but then they're going to try and get tricky about it. Or like, she's gonna say oh no i don't have it because i gave it to lauren for knowledge's power or whatever like just keep lying fuck it like you're already in too deep why tell the truth nobody's gonna believe you words to live by in survivor exactly (laughs) all right and then this is the award that we decide together and that is who wins the episode at the end of the day who comes out of this episode victorious i have to say it's gonna be carson I agree. Um, mostly because I think that Carson, you know, weaponized the lie correctly. I think that he got, um, now, I think this will have large ramifications on his, like, standing in the game moving forward with Carolyn. But I think for the most part, like, he and Jam Jam correctly eliminated somebody who was a danger to his alliance. And, like, that's a move that you should make. Yeah, I agree. I think that this is like a good, this is, you know, there are a couple people that could in some way be a potential winner of this episode, but I think this is really like Carson's best episode as a standalone player, not just like in his relationship to Tika. I do agree there will be some ramifications for him after this, but I, I don't see him necessarily going home because of this decision in particular. So I do agree. I'm going to give it to Carson. Yeah. Yes. All right. Now, Naomi, that is the end of this episode of I Don't Know About That. And uh, thank you so much for joining me. It's been a long time coming and we're finally getting to do it. And I'm very excited. I know. Thank you so much for having me. Um, And I just have to say that if you're not listening to I don't know about that, you're only getting half the story. Um, But also, I really love you and the bitter jurors. And I'm so glad that we're all collaborating on this wonderful network we call Silent Podcasts. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Very much agree. Now, Naomi, I have to ask, where can people find you? And is there anything that you would like to promote? So people can find me on Twitter at Naomi Calhoun. Um, I just recently changed my Twitter avatar. So check out that. Um, but also, um, I just want to say that I, we've been wrapping up our Survivor New York Season 5 exit interviews. Uh, we just did Stan last night. Uh, spoiler alert. Uh, the finale. Stan's made the finale and he has a lot to say about it. Um, we also did really fun exit interviews with uh, Sharif, Danny, Annie, Kristen, Brianne. We've got all of the final finalists in there. 
Um, and I'm going to be on the Isaiah and Nicole show very soon, which Woo! I'm super excited about. Can't believe it. Um, and I'm just going to plug Letterboxd uh, because I love Letterboxd. I'm N-A-Y underscore O-H underscore M-I. I love okay. that. <laughs> I love that. You can all follow me on Twitter at ClassicallyJF for all of my reality TV shenanigans. Um, what was it? Oh, see her on Silent Podcast. I am doing my regular Survivor 44 coverage, and I'm also doing regular Survivor 44 coverage on Inside Survivor with my good friend, Christine Palin with our weekly roundups. As this is a Survivor podcast, you should definitely follow the Survivor Diversity Campaign on Twitter. And uh, Abbott Elementary has come to a close, and Chappelle and I just finished our recap of the finale of season two. I don't know when we'll be back. I don't know when the writer strike will come to a close however support the writers guild association and or is it writers guilds of america is that's what writers guilds of america but i think also yes. most importantly uh your shows may have been paused and i think you know this very well gia but uh your shows will be better when they come back after this strike the strike is for Agreed. Work it is to make sure that the entertainment industry is a livable place for all of its employees and i 100 percent stand behind the Writers Guild of America and all, everybody in the TV industry. A hundred percent. We support the writers. We support the WGA. Do not give in. You know, we we are big fans of it. And the show, you're, you're right, Naomi. The shows that we love are going to be better when uh, the WGA comes back to work in a in better conditions for their employees. Like that, we, uh, we support that. Thousand percent. You got to remember, I think this is something that people forget very easily is that uh, streaming is so new. TV is so TV is changing all the time and streaming is so new. And AI is really threatening a lot of livelihoods uh, for people in the industry. And we want to protect workers rights a thousand percent because it means that TV shows will be better and more interesting and have a lot of exciting things going on. So just don't lose sight. Agreed. Thank you all for listening once again to I Don't Know About That, where we have no writers, but we sure do support them. I guess I am well, technically the writer since I write my little No, reality intro. TV is scripted, so, you know, stand by. Oh, yeah, that's true. So true. So true. <laughs> Thank you all for listening to I Don't Know About That. We stand with the WGA, and we will be back soon with more content as we close out this season of Survivor 44. So stay tuned. Thank you.